Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1560. The topic is mindset and the title is Ego Lifting. Mmm, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so we have a, a little bit of story time here. One of the listeners sent in a little bit of a background of this topic, so I wanted to share with you kind of everything they wrote, and then we're just going to have a a fun kind of discussion about it. So, the story. They say, uh, let's address this difficult subject. Being an old-school powerlifter that usually trained with large groups of super strong individuals has led me down a bad path. Ego lifting. (laughs) Let me show you what I can do, or look how strong I am, Isn't that the sport of powerlifting in a nutshell? Uh, A little side note. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So it is very challenging. Uh, They continue. I think a little bit of this could be good to a certain point. I've used it with great success to push myself way past my comfort zone back in my heyday. My problem is I can't turn it off. Last night at the gym, my bench routine called for five sets of five reps with 315 pounds. We had a new guy join the gym last night, and he was rather large and strong. As we were warming up, I noticed just how strong this new guy was. He ended up hitting 315 pounds for five reps. When my first working set rolled around, I ended up doing 315 pounds for 10 reps, pausing on every single rep. (laughs) So he says, why did I do this? Then he goes on and says, last week I walked into the gym and some guy is screaming bloody murder, doing half reps on the leg press. I was doing back and traps that day, so I set my barbell shrugs in the rack right beside him. I quickly worked up to a top set of 545 pounds for 10 reps. It didn't take long for the screamer to leave the gym entirely. (laughs) Gym intimidation. Uh, So he wrote back, uh, continued, today I have back, rear delts, and traps again. I really don't want to go heavy. I just want to go to the gym and really focus on stretching and squeezing those muscles, high reps, focusing on mind-muscle connection, and doing a hypertrophy style of training while burning some calories and improving my conditioning. Is this just insecurity, or is it that I feel I still have something to prove? So that's what they wrote. Uh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I love these kind of emails and stuff. Um... It, there's a there's a lot, you know, so that's a, kind of a very fun subject, and I think it's multifaceted. I know for myself, the the main driver for me to continue to improve is to prove to myself that I'm not weak. You know, when I when I first started, uh, and it's mentally weakness for me, when I first started lifting, when I started, first started working out, it was out of a period of a feeling, a sensation of kind of like self-hate. I had gotten to a point of kind of being, like I was 15 years old, I was pudgy, I was weak, uh, wasn't athletic, not coordinated, and I just kind of got to this place of like self-hate. And I was like, dang it, anyhow, you know, um, fat piece of crap. (laughs) Uh, I'm a weak piece of crap, you know, is what like allowed me to look like the way. So I just got real mad. So short, short version of it is I was teasing, a friend and I were teasing each other back and forth, and they said, well, at least I'm not fat. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, well, dang it. Like, he's right. I am fat. And I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at myself. I was like, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? Why did you let yourself get to be something that somebody can use as a weapon against you? So I kind of recognized, man, that's mental weakness. That's physical weakness. I'm just, I'm, I'm weak. I let myself become something that I wouldn't want someone to be able to say is true of me. That's my fault. Not their fault for saying it. My fault for allowing it to be said. You know, that it's something that could be true. Uh, 
So I've really started focusing in on myself and trying to develop discipline uh, to not only change my physical self, but to change my emotional and mental self. So when I look at like ego lifting, uh, like if we define it as, you know, going into the gym and always trying to do a little bit more, always trying to push your boundaries. Yeah, you know, that's to some degree that's helpful and necessary because it's going to help propel you to continue to improve. So the more I lift, the more I push myself, the less weak I perceive myself to be. So it's actually self-improvement and it's it's a way in which I learned to drive myself to continue to be a better person. Now, thankfully, I've converted over and I, I love who I am. I think I'm a pretty awesome person. <laughs> I still want to improve and be better, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with where like what I've become. Uh, so rather than wanting to be better because I hated what I was, I want to be better just because I, I like trying to be better. But I am very happy with myself. I don't think I'm a, a weak person mentally. I think I'm pretty strong. Uh, and, you know, life tests you every now and then. And I see that there are moments and areas of life that I want to continue to improve on for sure. But I am at a place now where I, I do like myself, which is a pretty awesome transition. <laughs> so pretty cool. Um, but ego lifting to some degree, if we consider it as you know, this internal desire to continue to push yourself, that's that's absolutely a good thing. And, and we're going to talk about how to balance that in a second, but it is a good thing. Now, when we start to compare to others, that's also not necessarily a bad thing. We have to have a reference point, right? You know, so if I want to be better, better than what? You know, better than who I was yesterday. Yeah, but is that even good? <laughs> you know, kind of, it helps to have extra context. You know, if I see everywhere else around me and, you know, everybody is, say, 10 units better than me, just getting one unit better today isn't very motivating. I want to try to get two or three. You know, whereas if I look around me and I'm doing pretty well, yeah, okay, one's good enough. <laughs> so having, you know, an external, like, I, I, can't, I can't think of the right word I'm thinking of right now, but having something to compare to other than just who you were the day before makes sense and it does help in certain ways. Um, there's also just a natural association of increased sense of self-worth. You know, if I, if I perceive myself to be better than average, I feel better about myself. How do I know what average is is by looking at everyone else. So there's an associated feeling of increase of self-worth. And then some people do it in strength through ego lifting. You know, if you have the ability to bench 315 for 10 and everybody else can only do it for five, that does make you feel better. Some people don't have that ability, so they search for more money. If they have more money than everybody else, they feel better than everybody else. Some people, intelligence. You know, maybe they're naturally gifted, so they go and get a bunch of degrees and they have all these certifications and therefore they feel better than everyone else. So it's natural to want to be better than average. I think that's an internal desire of everyone is to have some sense of significance. Uh, it's just we all find our own unique ways of doing that. So I was blessed with not being strong. I was never able, and still I'm not able, uh, to try to impress anybody with strength. So, I mean, remember I started lifting weights when I was 16. It took me till I was 24 to be able to bench 225. So it took me forever. Uh, I was just never strong. So I learned how to do it in different ways. One of the ways that I found was the more I learned about training and nutrition, the more I knew about that than everyone around me, I became valuable 
because I could create fun workouts. I could help other people achieve their goals better. You know, so I got to lift with friends who were significantly better shape and stronger than I was, but they wanted me to be in the group because I got to create, like I was able to create really fun workouts and I was able to teach them how to improve and get better than they could do on their own. So I was valuable because of my knowledge and that got me a sense of feeling increase of self-worth. So everyone, I think, does that to some degree. It's just trying to find that balance of, can I do it where it's it's not out of control? Like, where all of a sudden I think I'm better than everyone in, like, the bad sense. You know, everybody's a piece of crap and I'm amazing. We don't want that. But um, also then it also doesn't hurt you. So to some degree, like, internal drive to be better than everyone else, to be better than average, I think is normal and natural. I don't think you're going to be able to turn that off. And it's useful. It's just knowing that when that response is actually hurting you, if it's detrimental to you, then you got to learn how to dial that back. Not off, just back. So, for example, if lifting too heavy in the bench press workout. So maybe that the listener did the 315 for 10, and then all of a sudden, you know, two days later, their elbow's bothering them, and then they, they can't do as well in their following workout. Well, that stinks, you know. So if it limited your recovery if it limited future progressions and future workouts, then you know, okay, crap, that hurt me. That didn't help me. It hurt me. I got to learn how to better manage that. Not turn it off, just better manage it. So for example, if I'm supposed to do five sets of five, maybe I do four sets of five, then in the last one, I hit a couple extra reps. You know, maybe something a little bit like that. Uh, one of the things I, I have to work with with really high-level powerlifters, when I get like powerlifters near elite totals and and or like around that strength level, is often they have to become more humble in their training. The stronger you get, the more humble you have to be. It's an oxymoron, which is just a wonderful life lesson. Is the stronger you get, the more humble you have to be. Because the heavier they lift more often, it wears them out, and they can't peak as well. So the best powerlifters I work with, they often don't get to lift anything really significantly heavy in their training, uh, really at all, until we start peaking for a meet. So they might hit a top-end PR of a squat uh, maybe twice a year. So, you know, if they're going for a 600-pound squat, we might not squat over 540 all damn year. And they only get twice a year that they, have to get, they get to actually go up towards 600. So the stronger you get, the less heavy, less often you have to lift. And that is very challenging. A lot of powerlifters, they run into injuries uh, and or they just kind of they can't seem to progress because they never learned that lesson. Um, now, it's easier as the coach to do that than it is as the athlete. I've been the athlete myself. You know, I've competed in powerlifting and, you know, it's really freaking hard not to go into the gym and lift it the most you possibly can that day. But I've been able to learn by helping so many other people. I can see that it's beneficial. And I've had, a, you know, a couple injuries here and there over the years that have forced me to be calmer. But, like, when I went for, like, I my best ever deadlift was 700 pounds. When I was prepping to do that, I didn't lift over 635 for six months. And I knew I was kind of feeling pretty good. So I remember one day I scheduled the day open of clients. And I was like, I just want to go in and deadlift. Let's see where I'm at. You know, so I do, I warm up 585, easy. 635, easy. And I was like, ooh, hey now. <laughs> this is feeling pretty good. And it's been, you know, six-ish months since I went a little heavier. I wonder if it's time. You know, I put 675 on, boom, done. And I was like, oh no, I think we're going to go for it. <laughs> so I put 700 on, got it. 
but it was six months of training at 635 or less. So it was being very patient and letting my body build that foundational strength, letting the nervous system peak and be ready and feel fresh. And being humble in training is what really helps then to be able to really show out and peak on the platform. You know, so that's something that's very important to learn. And then it also just extends in other areas of life. You know, so we've all heard stories. If you're in business and you read anything about, you know, business success, a lot of the people who were super successful in business have horrible relationship stories. They're on their third, fourth, fifth marriage, you know, um, and not that that's the only factor, but they had a hard time balancing business success with relationship success. That's very common. So that's something you'll see is that's a, a, a not a good balance. You know, somebody really wants to pursue excellence in business, but they crush everything else in their life in that pursuit. That's not good. You know, that is that is harmful to them. So they have to start to learn how the definition of success is inclusive. It's inclusive of things other than money. So they have to learn that balance. They have to learn when is this response hurting me? And that's just a universal life lesson, whether it's in the gym or outside of the gym. You know, proving ourselves to ourselves <laughs> is a good self-improvement kind of driving force. Can I be better today than I was yesterday? And if we include others in that comparison, it's helpful to recognize that that comes with like kind of a double-edged sword. You know, if I compare myself to other people, that sometimes can push me to progress faster than I would otherwise. Or it will hurt us or burn us out trying to catch up to that person. Maybe we can't catch up as quick as we would like. We have to humble ourselves and realize it's going to take a little longer. So it is challenging to balance ego lifting because I personally believe it shouldn't be all or on. Like, like all or nothing. You know, off or on. I feel like there's a degree of it that's good. But you have to learn how to balance when is this helping to progress me faster or to the maximum capacity versus when is this hurting me. You're never going to just know that balance and always be perfectly in the balance. You know, wouldn't that be great? You're always going to teeter a little bit, you know, fall a little bit short then wonder, well, maybe I could do more. Then you do a little more and you're like, oh, dang it, you know, crap, I got to back off. <laughs> so it's like bumper bowling. You know, you, you want to be able to bounce back and forth rather than fall into the gutters. <laughs> so the idea is to pay attention to what you're getting for what you're doing and try to narrow that lane down. Try to narrow down uh, the bumpers so you're never too far over or too far under. But there always is going to be some degree of over-under. Absolutely. So, you know, track your progress towards your main goal and then also track other factors. So, for example, if somebody's goal is money, Make sure you check in on relationships. Make sure you check on self-care. You know, make sure you check in on other components of life. So that way, if your money's improving, other things are still, you know, holding still or improving as well. Not everything else be damned, I'm going to pursue this thing. You know, whether that's lifting in the gym, whether it's money, whether it's anything else in life. You know, it's, 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 it's a universal thing. So for ego lifting, is it a bad thing to want to be a little stronger, a little better, a little more disciplined, a little faster, you know, all that than everybody around you? Not necessarily. It's going to motivate you to be kick-ass and amazing. And I think we all have a natural desire to be significant in some way. And we find significance by being better than the perceived average. 
Uh, I, I think that's okay. I think that's a normal, natural feeling. It's just learning to balance that in the sense of, is it helping you or hurting you? And then also balancing it that, like, okay, if I can lift five more pounds than somebody, that doesn't mean I'm, a, like, a better human being. It just means I'm five pounds stronger. <laughs> so, you know, learning to value people outside of just their performance compared to your performance, there are other components of uh, what makes people valuable. So that's all the politically correct stuff, but I think that's helpful to know. So... Ego lifting, I think, is super fun concept. Uh, for this person, it just—it sounds like you're doing fine. <laughs> you know, you've you've made amazing progress. You've really pushed yourself over the years, and right now you're just deciding, okay, where is that? Where are my bumpers? You know, where can I push a little bit to have some fun and challenge myself, comparative to others, using others to challenge myself? But where is it hurting me? You know, if I go too heavy on bench press, too many reps, do I screw up my next workout? If so, meh, lesson learned, bring it back down. You know, that kind of thing. Um, just learning to be within those bumpers. That's it. So I'm super happy for you that you can freaking bench press 315 for 10. Awesome. Shrugged 545 pounds for 10 reps. Congratulations. Badass. And um, I do think that that's okay. So I don't think it's insecurity as much as it's just you're strong as shit and you have fun showing it off. <laughs> you know, good for you. You've earned it. You know, so awesome. Well, thank you to those uh, who do send in questions. Thank you to this listener as well. I think it's a fun conversation. Totally enjoy it. Just make sure there's a balance and it doesn't hurt you. Awesome. Uh, so thank you for the topic. Thank you for everybody who sends everything in. If you do have any questions, feedback, suggestions, really anything that you want to know, just shoot us an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it. When you share it, let people know we answer questions for free. So we'll answer any question they have if they email me. Thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. It does have a high hosting cost every year. I give an hour to it every day. We want to keep it for free. You can donate on our website at www.brutalironjim.com. And then if you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on, on social media, on Instagram and YouTube, and our website, www.brutalironjim.com. I have a lot of training education videos on there, a lot of free resources. So continue to check that out as I continue to update it every month. Awesome. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.